This episode of Outside the Echo Chamber is sponsored by Wilson Digital. If you're a candidate, political organization, or nonprofit looking to expand your digital presence, Wilson Digital has the expertise you need to make an impact. Whether it's social media advertising, banner ads, YouTube, search engine marketing, SEO, or web design, Wilson Digital helps you get in front of the right audiences at the right time to advance your cause. Learn more at wilsondigitalroc.com slash echo. Chester, listening to Outside the Echo Chamber, the Liberty Talk Hour here on Rochester Free Radio, WRFZ 106.3 FM, the Liberty Talk Hour with Kevin Wilson and Sean Phelan. Yes, good morning, good morning everyone. Chilly uh, out there. It is, yeah, it's a nice brisk Saturday morning. Uh, I just got a new roommate from Northern California and she's already saying to me, can I get a space heater? It's cold. She's been here like two days. I'm like, you think this is cold? I'm oh like, oh boy, this this winter is going to eat you alive. <laughs> yeah, that nah, might be rough. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's just music again. yeah, it's just playing again because they they got the other show lined up. All right, yeah, no, so uh, yeah, uh, it's starting to feel a little bit more like winter, and we have a. Uh, Daylight savings time ending. Yeah, yeah. Which is dumb. We should just keep it in place. Yeah, uh, my German friend was telling me about how they tried to, like, unify uh, the that, that system over there. And, like, England didn't want any part of it. And then, like, the Ukraine didn't want any part of it, you know, being one time zone. And, oh, uh, well, I mean, that's a different thing, though. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying is that, you know, so they they started talking about making more time zones, and it was like, wait a minute, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, it was, so it, that that's a different thing than ending daylight savings time, because, I mean, if making one time zone for Europe doesn't make a ton of sense. No, 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 since... but the, what I'm saying is doing away with the daylight savings time also. They right. They were talking about revamping the whole thing. Okay, yeah, I mean, that's two They were, they were going to issues, change but... time itself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean they they have international standard time and whatnot, but but anywho, yeah, um, with daylight savings time, it, it would be great if it could end because it tends to mess people up, cause seasonal depression, cause car accidents, all that stuff. I mean, that, that's just my 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 rant against government manipulating time that I do twice a year. Hey, at least they're not taxing us. I mean, they probably are. That's... They haven't figured out a way to tax us on time yet, have they? You don't know that. Yeah. Well. But, uh, but yeah, no, we, uh, we, we fall back uh, tomorrow, I think, right? Yeah. 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 yeah it's, a... it's actually no. 
tonight, 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 yeah, yeah well, whichever yeah, yeah. Late, tomorrow. Late, 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 it's like late, two in the morning, yeah, two right? In the morning, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's uh, yeah. All right. Well, we can get talking about what we wanted to talk about, which was the Rochester City School District uh, emails that oh. came out. Like, I, I, it was a story that was like from like last Friday or something. But I didn't see it until oh. until uh, after we did our show last week, and it's fascinating. Sean, you want to kick that off? I had the privilege of being able to sit down and read the emails that were some of the emails that were being sent back and forth. Now, I do know. I personally know. I used to work with her as uh, Beatrice LeBron there, and. You know, I, I, I was concerned, you know, about her. Basically, when she ran, I had I, I said to myself, I go, I don't see her qualifications. I don't see her, you know, doing this. You know, I, I just, I don't see it happening. She just didn't have the right, I don't know, it's the right word, demeanor maybe? But, you know, uh-huh. don't get me wrong. She's a nice person. Nice person. Never did me no harm. But, you know, just you just know some people just aren't going to be good at a job. And she let's, all right. went and let's, tried to so make let's a stick point. To, yeah, yeah, you know, she, that's what I'm saying. Back to the emails. She went and tried to make a point regarding uh, that, like, we have to, like, stop making decisions based on other schools and we need to you know do do what we need to do here in, in Rochester and and we need to you know have people step down because they're clearly not doing things or so you know, and it was like wait a minute, wait what and it was instead of like hey let's change our ways let's you know work together and try to accomplish this she just went and started like cutting heads and it was like what what are you doing you know, and of course, you know, they, they, the, the person she was talking about snapped back and it, it just spiraled terribly out of control. And one woman comes in and she, she adds into the conversation where she's going to, uh, you know, try to be the voice of reason and settle everything down. Well, let, let, let's be specific about okay. everything here. So right. uh, a lot of this was, uh, it, it was an argument that took place over email that got published, uh, by Wham eleven eighty, it might have gotten published elsewhere too, right. but I, I don't know. I didn't see it. Yeah. Between Beatrice LeBron and uh, Willa Powell. Yeah, so that's that's where like a lot of the discussion was coming. There's an email from Van White in there, and Natalie Shepard and whatnot too, and a lot right. of it's just about like the the financial discussion with the the district missing quite a bit of money, you know, between thirty and fifty million dollars, and trying to to figure out who's accountable, right? So even amongst the school board members, they're trying to figure out like, all right, how do we Who's to blame for this, and how do we make sure that this doesn't happen again, right? And so part of it turns into a discussion about, like, who should be chair of the finance committee and what the role of the finance committee is, and it turns into, like, uh, kind of a finger-pointing match where Willa Powell is is getting thrown under a bus for a lot of this, which I I don't think is totally unfair in some circumstances right but she's, uh, she's also being accused of like you know you know committing lapses of judgment and uh, you know and other things it's yeah just... i mean it between 
Willa Powell and uh, and Beatrice Lebr- LeBron, it, it gets it gets a bit personal. Oh yeah, the um, personal attacks start flying too. Uh, so you know, because Beatrice called for uh, Willa Powell's resignation. Um, Will Powell does not agree. She thinks she's done fine, or at least has the support of the board. Um, and yeah, and then there's a lot of all caps going on here with Beatrice LeBron. And then and it, it's, Amy Malloy shows up. Yeah, and then she's just like, hey, we need to get together, and uh, we need to, you know, kind of come together to make sure that we're serving the children of the district. She does the, she's the one who did the, the voice of reason thing, yeah. you know, uh, which got a really interesting response Le- LeBron, from... LeBron went racist. She went straight up well, racist okay. on, so on, the, on the woman. Right, I mean, let's quote the, the actual email. It yep. says, this is from... Uh, I got the email right here. Yeah, school board member LeBron says, first of all, Amy, this doesn't even concern you, but if you must, let's get it going. You are not the white savior for me. In capitals. In caps. Um, Please spare me the lecture of maturity and self-serving when you have not had the history of being a part of just the last year alone on this board. Secondly, you are never going to be someone I seek any advice from, so you can save yourself the energy from even addressing me from this point on. I respect just fine those I know are capable, competent, and caring when the fight for urban public education is fight for primarily black and brown children, and that was in all caps. Neither of those you can ever in your life relate and understand the struggle. So really spare me the woos and lectures about civility when my people are involved. We are not equal. And and it kind of goes on from there. Uh, well, although it's interesting what's... What Amy's uh, perspective is is that she has children who live. Uh, she she lives in the school district, oh, 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 obviously, oh, no, 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 wanna, and she has children who go to the schools yeah. in, in RCSC. Just to get background on her, right. and I, I don't I don't particularly care oh, about she, like she, any of the people, but she's and then got, she's, she's also got a pony a, in the race, you know? right? I mean, yeah, so, so yeah. like she she has she has a stake in this, right? Again, yeah. now she lives in the district. Her children attend school in the Rochester City School District. She teaches at a suburban district, so she sees yeah. things from like that perspective too. Mm. But it's not like she doesn't have any stake in this game. Now, I love her passion. Don't get me wrong. Right. But talk about going all about things all wrong. You know? You'll, yeah. You'll, and you'll so, get something to say there. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I, I was going to see where you're going with this. But, um, no, it's it's interesting to see this because this is this is one of those things like, all right, who who's really a stakeholder in these types of discussions? And and this is one board member, one one school board member accusing another of not having a true stake in this, because in in her mind, this is primarily a problem for black and brown families, uh, which which I can see that argument that that is that is a huge part of like what the district serves, and and in a lot of ways people feel that that's why the district is underserved because the resources aren't there, the the talent uh, doesn't get directed to the city school district in part because they think that there's uh there's racism at play essentially uh but i i think it's also important to keep in mind that there are children from many different backgrounds in the city school district and i think everyone who lives in the city really wants to see the district succeed oh yeah uh and, and it gets difficult to have a productive discussion when you're starting off with people assuming you're acting in bad faith 
in whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I'm I'm curious how like how do we how do we move on from a discussion like this where Amy who is who is white, you know, how do you can 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 a production productive discussion happen? Can you find a way to move forward when when because of her skin color, Beatrice Lebron is accusing her of not acting in good faith or being able to, you know, suggest appropriate actions in trying to fix the school board, right? Mm-hmm. Like, can can you have a discussion on the merits after a discussion like that happens? And I don't know, like, a lot of people read the this email discussion and just like, oh, that's business as usual for the school board. And that's nonsense. I don't, I don't know how we can get to the point of accepting that that's like normal conversation that happens. That they're not just like going back and being like, okay, how do we structure ourselves financially? And that's how the conversation started again. How do we structure ourselves financially to, to be able to like be successful? How do we make sure that the school district isn't doing shady things like spending a bunch of money and assuming that the state is going to reimburse us? Like that's something like to me, it's – I don't know that it – it kind of feels like it should be criminal. I, I don't know. Oh, like yeah. I feel like doing that is – is totally inappropriate if, even if you're doing it because you think you're helping the district like how do you spend tens of millions of dollars more with the assumption that like oh well the state's just going to bail us out and we need this now so like how can you be that fiscally reckless right. and i think the school district the the school board because they're the ones who has to like look at this from a very high level they need to figure out how to like make sure that doesn't happen again so how do they how does the finance committee make sure that like okay we need to look at the books every month. We need to see where we actually are. And if someone is lying about that, yeah, they need to be, A, immediately fired, and B, like, possibly face criminal charges because that, that's, again, that's it's theft from taxpayers. Like, I, I, even if it's given to someone else, like, it's so, so reckless. I am going to be shocked and appalled if someone is not arrested and jailed for this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this if is, someone's not, this really? is this is if they don't. Oh yeah. Uh, I I would not at all be shocked if like no one got arrested for this and we just end up with you know. Oh no 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 no. If if something happens, I'm buying my tiki torch and my my pitchfork and I'm parking out in front of the school district. Cause, tiki torch, huh? Yeah. You, you, that's not a good look, Sean. You might not want to use that one. I know, but um, I'm just saying. Yeah, it's, it was a metaphor. Nope. Know? No, nope. Yeah, it was a metaphor. I was just saying, like, you know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be up in arms about it. You know, I'm gonna be out there, and you know, I got, I'm gonna have my, I'm gonna put my voice out there about it because that's just, that's just says terrible things to to the rest of the community. If, uh, you know, you put your your trust of the funding of your kids' education to these people, and they act that financially reckless with it, it's criminal. Right. Yeah. And and it and again, it becomes like a. Instead of, like, focusing down on, all right, what do we and, – and, again, I, I'm on a board, so, like, I, I have these types of discussions from time to time, right? So I always think, like, all right, how do, we, how do we actually move on from this, right? Like, okay, we have a fight going on. Sometimes it's a clash of personalities, and, again, people are accusing others of acting in bad faith, right? So, so how do you move on to, to focus on, like, all right, what policies do we actually need to change to be able to start fixing things, right? And so, so I don't – I get very frustrated when I see conversations like this and they break down. And, and what's even more frustrating and appalling is the suggestion from school board members that because they're unable to solve these problems right now, that they should be paid and be made full-time uh, elected officials. 
Oh, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, so that was a proposal. I think it was I think it was from Will Powell, but I, I need to, to double check that. Um and I'm trying to, to look at it, look it up right now. But yeah, there's a proposal that said like, oh well, like because of the nature of this work, we don't have time to be able to, to do the proper oversight, so we need to be paid more and be made full time. Uh and and that to me is a misunderstanding of what boards especially like an elected board like this should really be doing because you have a a massive absolutely massive administrative staff at the rochester city school mm-hmm. district that can handle the day-to-day operations of, of executing the governance strategy that the board is supposed to build boards are not supposed to be down in the weeds you know nitpicking every little thing and micromanaging the staff what they're supposed to do is they set the strategy and direction they prove the big overall budget they they that's what they do right mm-hmm. like they're, they're not they make the big decisions and then they rely on staff members to carry out those big decisions. And I just want to add, most boards are uh, school boards are done voluntarily. Yeah. A lot of them, they, they don't get paid at this all. School district folks, this school district, Rochester city school district is the single highest paid school district in the United States. Yeah. Yep. The they, board they, members. they already are. They get twenty thousand dollars a year, I believe, and they only meet oh, ten times a year. Oh, it was Natalie Shepard who proposes making it uh, full time, and and I'll quote her just so I can be accurate. It wasn't Will Powell, so my apologies on that. Uh, it says uh, we're putting in a minimum of twenty-five to thirty hours. That's me, but when a lot of things going on, a lot of different issues that come to the surface, it requires a lot more reading, research, a lot more planning. I would say it requires an excess of forty hours. So therefore, they should uh, get paid more they're already getting paid thirty thousand dollars a year oh it's 30 now yeah um Whoa. yeah so so it's three thousand dollars a meeting yeah yeah uh i mean it, so in fairness school board members are doing work outside of meetings right like it's not just the main meeting so they have committee <laughs> meetings that they go to and they should be doing research outside of this but again it's one of those things like this is in service of the community right this is not this is not a job Right. Like this is, again, public service. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to sacrifice a little bit to, to be able to do this. Uh, and again, we, we want to find like the best, brightest and, and most uh, solution oriented people to be elected to the school boards. And again, it's it's th- they got to get down to like, how do we how do we actually fix this instead of fighting about it? Because what's going to happen is if like this type of stuff coming out, you know, our our state delegation is starting more and more to lean towards well shoot maybe we should just allow a state takeover which mm. i think is kind of useless like it's the i frying think frying pan to the fire right i mean i i think that's it's you know i've said this before i think that the the state takeover is just a way of looking like we're doing something without actually solving the problem mm-hmm. but like i i see exchanges like this and like man how do we dig our way out of this and how how does rochester get the political will to elect solution-oriented people into these positions right because if like that's the type of attitude that people are going to bring into this like how do we how do we with that group of people how do we move forward from that you you don't you have in my opinion you sack the whole lot of them right but but i mean fresh again and and yeah and so so how does rochester gain the political will to do that because right now they they don't have it Right, like they're not, they're not willing to do it, and and most of the Rochester's in the position. It, literally, every person I've talked to is just like, yeah, no, we should, 
I, I wish that refer referendum happened because uh, I want to just tell the state to take over because it's so broken. Like I don't, I don't know what to do from here. <sighs> I mean, uh, there's a few people who are against that. Obviously, you and I were yeah. like, uh, no. no, that's not really the way to go. No. Uh, but man, most of the people I've talked to in my neighborhood, they're like, yeah, no, I'm ready for the the state to to kick them out. I don't think that's going to solve the problem. I, I really don't. Oh, no, I think, um, I think kicking the people out and getting new people in there, I think that's going to give an opportunity for fresh ideas, fresh perspectives, and and uh, no more old ill will, you know, or anything like that going on. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not quite sure where we go from here. Um, and But, but I, I also don't think the solution is like, well, we need to make them full-time. Again, it, School board members shouldn't be doing this type of work full time. It's a governance thing. It's an oversight thing. You know, when I got on my first board a while ago now, like the, what the board chair told me when he met me was like, "Don't get down in the weeds." You know, our our job here isn't to manage like every little thing. It's to set the big vision, and then we need to trust that we selected the right, you know, leaders to carry it out. Mm -hmm. Right? You know, we're talking about like. CEO or or in this case uh, district superintendent and you know the people that they hire right? right so if we can't trust that then that's a problem and you need to get rid of them I mean Terry Dade's only had a short amount of time yeah. to be able to act on this and this this budget thing isn't really his fault and he's trying to figure out how to do it so it, it remains to be seen whether or not he's going to be able to get things together Right. within the district but. but you know it's it's also like uh, the, the double standard that's going on right now here too and and um because when i whenever i hear something that i think might be racist i reverse the roles and then see if it is racist and when i reverse the roles on what uh beatrice had said i i don't know how she still has a job i i don't because i know if a white person said it it'd be over but, i mean a lot of people uh, it's <clears throat> A lot of people don't see it that way. Well, you know, I, frankly, I, wanna, I just want to—I want to quote her real quickly here. Right. She says, "So spare me, so so spare me yeah. about your views yeah. on professionalism and maturity. I don't follow white people's standard of either. In fact, I present the very topic every time I can. I will never want my kids to follow white standards standard of of either." I, so I mean, there, this is. And a she, longer discussion that neither of us are... And she, she does go on to say, I don't need validation from you or Amy or any other white women, period, about my performance, my performances, or my mouth. Wow. So, okay. All Could right. you imagine but, a white person saying this? Hey, so there's um, a bigger discussion about kind of respectability politics and behavior policing that I think is underlying this context. Right, like take, taking putting that in the in the larger context of like, a lot of times the behavior of black women and black men are held to a different standard of the level of politeness that's necessary to like move things along. Like, th so that's that's underlying that context, and then I, I understand what she's saying here, but at the same time, you can't. I, I don't think it's appropriate to say, like, okay, every time someone's like, no, no, we need to knuckle down and, like, figure this out. Like, I don't think that's an inappropriate thing to say. I don't no. think that's, like, doing what Beatrice LeBron is accusing it of doing, right? Like, it's not right. – like, at some point in time, like, a Amy's right. Like, you got to – you could just figure it out. Like, okay, how do you move ahead from here? And, and if your response to that is just, like, don't police my behavior, like, again, what, what do you – what do you do with that? 
you, you gotta you gotta fix it. That's that's your job. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what people elected you to do in theory. I like mean, what everybody from whatever. Why? Don't quit being a baby about it. My goodness. Yeah, yeah. Just, it's like I read the emails and I'm like, everybody here is right, yeah. but they're going about it all wrong. It's like you know. You, you, you know, you, you got to work together with them, you know. See, that's that was the thing. That was one of the reasons why I balked at the idea of running for school board because, God forbid, I did get elected, you know. And I <laughs> look at the look on your face. I wish we had yeah. video of that. Anyway, but, um, you know, if I got if I got elected, you know, the first thing I would you know want to do is try to see if I can build relationships and, and build bridges, you know, between people who are not seeing eye to eye on things and try to get everybody on one sheet of music, you know. But, I, I you know, I felt that, you know, that's exactly what they would buck against. And clearly this is exactly what they're bucking against. I yeah. mean, and, and and part of it's, again, like political posturing. And, and I, you know, I don't got time for that. That's. Yeah, and and I I get frustrated seeing this because again I I live in the city now I intend on having kids eventually and and it would be great if those kids could go to school in the city and I could feel confident that they're going to be attending a, a a good quality school system right mm-hmm. I I just I don't want the inconvenience of having to move again I right <laughs> so uh, and and who knows if I'll have like the money to be able to move to like one of the suburbs like who knows but. You know, I I would prefer that the city school district get its act together and well, I, start figuring out some of its financial issues, start figuring out some of its culture cultural issues. And we've talked a lot about right. like the the problems that underlie the district's performance. But like this is just basic governance. This is just like how do we make sure that we're holding our staff accountable so they spend the money that we voted on to spend? Right. I, I just. Yeah, it's just one of those things. It's like, again, you know, you reverse the roles and you think about what these people have said, and you know, it's appalling. I mean, if if an email came out of Pittsford saying that, you know, from the school board over there stating, so, you know, something about, you know, when we talk about education here, we're talking about white people's education, you know, and you know, it's like, yeah, no, it wouldn't look good. I mean, but she said it. She was like, we're talking about, you know, you know, black and brown kids, you know, and it's like, yeah. oh, my God, you went there. You yeah. Know? And again, and, and again, you are, but not exclusively. So you have to. It, it's not it's not just about that. Right. But it's, it's the, here's the but just here's the cultural dynamic difference. And that's what I really appreciate. You have many white people and Asian people are all in uproar about this. None. About the school district, or no, just the, the, that that comment that she made. None. We're not going to get upset about it. I don't know about we. What do you it's mean? A, it's a broad we, right? We, including all Asian and white people who well, live I'm... in the city of Rochester. Right. You don't hear, but I'm saying, you, have you heard anybody make any gripe about what she'd said? You. One. One person. <laughs> right. Well, no, no, I've, I've heard. I've noticed it. That's all. Yeah, I've heard. I mean, yeah, you, you can read the comment sections. People are mad. Some people, I don't know if they live in the city, right? But, like, you, you've seen people get, like, frustrated with, with that type of exchange. Because, again, it's the same old thing. Like, it, it's it, it, this flares up every once in a while, right? Again, it's, it's a big ruckus that feels, again, more personal and political than, like, rooted in... Mm-hmm fundamental differences in like governance strategy mm-hmm. which me being like a, a boring like again solution oriented person i want to see mm-hmm. <laughs> so 
Yeah, I know. Imagine that. Mm. But all right. I did get a response though. I, I posted my I posted a comment uh, on uh, the Wham uh, website, and I stated something about well, you know, after reading all this, it clearly shows me that uh, you know. Voting, can, you know, voting for people who have just been endorsed by the Democrats is not the solution to our problems. Perhaps it's time to get a third party in here to take a look at this and see if, you know, perhaps, you know, we can get some new solutions, you know, to our issues there. And um, I got an interesting response. Mm-hmm. I bet. actually got. A response. I'm not going to say the man's name because I don't want to get him in trouble or anything like that. But I'm going to read. I'm going to read what he said. Uh, well, first of all, I'll read what I said. After reading this, perhaps it's about time we stop continually voting for Democrats simply because they were party endorsed, and start looking at viable third-party options like the Greens or the Libertarians for a new approach to finding solutions. Okay, which I'm getting a couple of likes on there, which is nice. Nice. This person responds again. I'm going to leave his name out. As a Democratic committee member. I have to admit that I, too, would like a better qualified group of people to come forward as candidates. Maybe some serious competition from other parties would get prospects up to their game. Honestly, if you saw the people who wanted to run and their lack of qualifications for the job, you'd be depressed. Too bad, buddy. I'm already there. Um, I know there are good people out there, but perhaps the antics of the current board and the prospect of radical change in governance is keeping them away. And wow, you know that's yeah, just that's very interesting. He, I mean, I, he, I, I, I just I'm shocked that to hear that from a Democrat. I, I just that's, you know, that's probably the most realistic view from a Democrat, most open-minded view from a Democrat I've heard in a very, very, very long time. Yeah. And that's well, good to see. Yeah, well, um, I think we're up for a break, but after the break, we'll talk about how the Democrats are going to make that even harder for you. Oh, yeah. Fun, <laughs> All fun, right. fun, All right, so again, you're listening to Outside the Echo Chamber here on Rochester Free Radio. You're listening to the election show. Uh, sure. Yeah, it's during the election. We got elections. Yeah, no, there are elections happening right now you could yeah. go and vote early if you wanted to yeah. all right so we're gonna play some johnny cash oh, all right surprise. yeah i know right uh all right well so we'll be back in just a few minutes all right welcome back you're listening to outside the echo chamber the liberty talk hour here on rochester free radio wrfc 106.3 fm the liberty talk hour with kevin wilson and sean phelan and uh before the break uh we were just talking about how uh, uh, a Democrat that Sean was talking to was mm, very saying, oh, maybe, maybe he needs to be more open-minded about this stuff. Now, viable uh, third-party candidates to help their party get their act together by making them step our game up, which is exactly something we've been saying for years. Yep, absolutely. And, and Larry says that libertarians, if we're doing our job right, makes better Republicans and better Democrats, too. Yes, yes. Uh, so, what's uh, Andrew Cuomo doing about that? Well... Andrew Cuomo Ugh. and the Democratic Party, uh, in a leaked email from the Democratic Party chair, uh, they're pushing to change the ballot requirements uh, to be able to become a party in New York State. So previously, so in the in the 2018 election and and in the years before that, a third party needed to get 50,000 votes in order to become like a, a real third party with its own ballot line, right? And so that's how in 2018 the Libertarian Party with uh, over 90,000 votes 
gained a ballot line. We got just below the green, so we are line F. Woo! Yep. Uh, but in this leaked email, uh, they want to change that threshold to 250,000 votes. So five times as much. Quite a big jump. Basically figurative gerrymandering. You know? Maybe, but well, they, you know, they change they change the lines of a district in gerrymandering to to favor one party, and 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 the voting you know that goes on. This is gerrymandering of keeping the the two parties in power and eliminating any competition right. from any it's, new it's, parties. Yeah, it's moving the fence post to to be able to lock people out, right? Mm-hmm. And and the Democrats are not they're not really. I don't think they're specifically thinking of us or the Greens or that. What what they're thinking of is they're thinking of uh, the Working Families Party, right? Because Andrew Cuomo is a little bit bitter at them because they endorsed um, his opponent mm. in the last election. Um, what was her name? It was the woman from Sex and the City that he had oh, endorsed oh, last time. Oh, Cynthia Nixon. Cynthia yeah. Nixon, thank you. So he had in, they had endorsed her last time in the Democratic primary, and they... Uh, well, it, for the Working Families Party nomination, which they eventually gave up and gave back to Cuomo so they can keep their ballot line because they're a leech party. Oh, so Cuomo's upset that he wasn't the first one picked for the date for the prom? He is. Working mm. Families Party, he sees as a pain in the butt who's making his job more difficult, so he wants to get rid of him. Uh, and now, so the the left is really mad at this because the Working Families Party tends to get below uh, 250000 uh, votes, but the conservative party tends to get more. So the conservative party, if fusion balloting stays intact, would probably stick around, right? Now, if they got rid of fusion balloting altogether, that that would not be the case. The Working Families Party might stick around for a little bit, but would probably go away because their entire power base is kind of attaching themselves to Democrats and then trying to push them leftward. Uh, and then the Conservative Party does something similar with the Republicans. The Independence Party would go away because they just endorse the candidate that they think is going to get them enough votes. It's not working out as well for them. The Independence anymore. Party needs to go because they're misleading people to think yeah, that they're no. independent, and that's yeah. They mo- most of their party members are just people who are confused and think that they're enrolled blank. You are not. You are enrolled uh, independent in the Independence Party. Mm-hmm. Uh. But yeah, this if this change went through where they create the new 250,000 vote rule, it it would make the Libertarian Party maintaining its ballot access in 2022 and the Green Party maintaining its ballot access in 2022 much more difficult, right? So mm-hmm. the two I see as the only two legitimate third parties in New York State, the the ones who are actually running their own candidates more often than not. Um and and always running their own candidates on the statewide level and carry a unique message. Uh, we stand to lose, the, mm-hmm. the, both the the Greens and the Libertarians. And now I I think we've talked about this before. Like I, if if they got rid of fusion, I I don't think it'd be the end of the world for us. No. I think we'd we'd be able to figure it out. The yeah. the Libertarians and the Greens would just be like, all right. Well, you know, we'll run our own people. That's what, how it is, right? Uh, but the 250,000 vote threshold would be a pretty big jump, right? Again, mm-hmm. that's two and a half times the number of votes that the Libertarians got this year and the Greens got this year. And the Greens are just barely ahead of us. Um, but 
because of that, though, because we got ballot access, we do have candidates running in Monroe County. Mm. Um, and and just to just to mention all the other third party candidates, I think there are two Green Party can no three Green Party candidates this year. We share one with with them. Okay. Uh, uh, Dave Adias, who's running in the East District. Uh, Alex White, who is running in the South District. <laughs> who's of always Rochester, running? <laughs> who's always running? Perpetual candidate. Alex is fascinating to talk to. I don't agree with him on. Well, I agree with him on a couple of things on like subsidies for developers but uh they they had an event not too long ago at a, at a bar that i was at and uh alex white showed up and a few other people you know supporters and stuff like that and one of the women came over to me and she was like oh are you here to support alex and i'm sitting there with my libertarian shirt on like no i don't think so no <laughs> he's fine i would yeah i i enjoyed talking to him just uh i don't i i only agree with them on a handful of things. Yeah. Uh, and then the Greens do share a candidate with the Libertarians because, again, fusion uh, ballots are still in effect, uh, where they and the Libertarians have endorsed uh, Chris Eads, who's running in the Northeast District. And, of nice. course, we had Chris on our show mm-hmm. several weeks back, and you mm-hmm. can check out our podcast archives uh, uh, outside the echo chamber dot show mm-hmm. if you want to listen to that. Again, not dot com, not dot org, outside the echo chamber dot show. Because we're a show. That's right. Now, the other candidates, too, so there's a few candidates who are, are fusion, so they're running on a major party line, and there are a few candidates who are running just as libertarians, or, or libertarians and maybe one other thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to read those off just so when you look at your ballot, when you either go to vote early, and you know you can go to the, the Monroe County so, Board of Elections to go it, and look at that. Line A is... Like the Democrats? Line A is Democrats. Line B is, Line B is Republicans. Republicans. C is the Conservatives? Yep, C is the Conservatives. D is the Green? Or no? No, I, I believe D is Working Families Working Party. Working Families, that's right. E is e the is, Green. No, E is nothing. It's blank. No, E is the Green. Not the one I saw. The entire line E is blank. We're line F. We're line F. The Greens are line E because they are above us. They are line E. You should have seen Alex White on your line. Because you got a race with three candidates in it. You have Lachey Harris, Marcus Williams, and Alex White on there. Uh, but yeah, no, line, line E should have someone in it for you. Line F uh, is where the Libertarians are, and you can find the candidates that we've endorsed there. And again, just so y'all listen to understand our process in, in, in Monroe County, is, is we, we interviewed everyone for at least half an hour, sometimes longer for some of the, the higher profile candidates. And sometimes we said yes, sometimes more often we said no. We rejected well over half of the candidates that had asked. Uh, and in some races, we met with all the candidates running and said no to everyone. Cause, yeah, there was a lot of people you said no to. Yeah, I mean, there's some candidates who were like, no, you both the Republican and the Democrat and like the independents running in this race, are they're all bad. Uh, no, no, we'll just we'll stay out of this one. But let me just read off the list of candidates. We have uh, Matt Rosenbaum is running for Supreme Court judge. Uh, Meredith Vaca, who is uh, running for Supreme Court judge. So there are two spots available. There's a third guy, and, and, and the third guy is all right, too, uh, but we didn't endorse him. We, we felt that these uh, – Matthew Rosenbaum, who is the incumbent, and Meredith Vaca, who is currently a DA, uh, assistant DA, uh, who works in – like the uh, like child abuse unit. She has a very tough job, but 
manages to remain pretty optimistic about humanity. Uh, she had a great interview with uh, Andrew Hollister on Radio Free New York a couple weeks back. Uh, it's worth checking out, and and a great interview on connections. And you know, again, I, I, I hate to promote other shows too much, but like some of the some of the interviews on on that show uh, w- between candidates were very very good, and they're worth checking out. And it's it's worth checking out just to learn more about what these positions do. Right. So we did endorse in the uh, DA race. We endorsed Sandra Dorley, and I talked a lot about that last week. Again, check out our show archive if you want to uh, learn more about that. In the county court judge race, which is again a very important race because that's where a lot of a lot of the uh, a lot of times if you're accused of a crime, like you're gonna go before these judges, right? If you're accused of a, like a, a higher level crime, like a felony level crime, uh, and it's not a town court issue like a petty larceny or something like that, you're gonna go. Be- before one of these guys, uh, John DeMarco, who's the incumbent, who's been a county court judge for a while, he's he's really great. And again, I encourage you to listen to the connections interview with him and the other guy we endorsed, which is Michael Dollinger. John DeMarco is was a republic is a Republican, uh, but we endorsed him. And, and my uh, Michael Dollinger is a Democrat, but we endorsed him. Um, and and after hearing some of their longer interviews and debates, like I, I'm really glad we did, just because. Uh, I think they, they take the right position on trying to get people out of the criminal justice system and to, and to help people stop hurting other people, right? Because that's what the goal of the criminal justice system should be, right? It's right. to it's to, to get it so you stop doing behavior that hurts others. Exactly. That That's the goal. In uh, the county-level races, we endorse – so these are just county ledge district. Jackie Smith in the second, uh, Tracy DeFlorio in the third, Frank Alcoffer in the fourth. Uh, Dan Maloney, who's a, he's an interesting guy. He's doing a bunch of stuff this weekend. He's a um, a union president, but mm. fascinating guy to talk to. He's just like real down to business, just like, all right. It, it, same like, like I was talking about earlier. When when I had talked to him, he was kind of a, like, all right, we just need to figure out a solution and, and like move on from here so we can get back to being productive type of type of guy. We like that about him. Uh, Sean Delahanty in the 11th. Steve Brew, who's running in the 12th. I think he's actually unopposed, but again, we had a very fascinating conversation with him in the endorsement process. Uh, Joe Carbone in the 16th, Matt Burkowski in the 13th, Will Phillips in the 19th, and that's Will's, Will. Will's a good guy. Will's a great guy. He's he's running in the 19th, and he's running just as a libertarian. Um, and we had all three candidates approach us in that race, and so Will Phillips is running out there. So if you're in the 19th district, uh, check him out. Uh, and then Tony Mishke, who's also running just as a libertarian uh, in the 26th district. He's, he's an interesting guy. Probably one of the hardest working candidates I've ever met. That man is a machine. Which guy? Tony Mishke. Oh, okay. So, and he's running just as a, a libertarian. And he's the incumbent, too. He was he, he was elected <laughs> as a Republican. And then he switched to being Democrats because he got sick of the Republican Party, as, as many mm-hmm. of us do. Uh, and then he... He didn't win his Democratic primary, but before he had even done that, he said he wanted to run as a libertarian, and he's been talking with us for a while. So, like, I've known Tony for – ever since I've, I've started living in Rochester, I've probably known him at least five, six years now. Um, so, interesting guy. Uh, now, town races, Jason Baxter also running as a libertarian, and, like, the – and he, he created his own ballot line up in Hamlin. So he's running for Hamlin Town Supervisor, running just as a libertarian up there. Uh, Patty Joe Groenthal running up in Hamlin as a town clerk, as a libertarian and a Republican up there. She won her Republican primary by, like, six votes. Mm. It was nuts. <laughs> it was razor thin up there. 
Um, well, they they only had like eighteen voters, so <laughs> basically. <laughs> Uh, and then in Henrietta, we ended up endorsing in all three judge races, uh, John Parachek, uh, uh, Stephen Donsky, uh, and then we endorsed uh, uh, Gregory Paul Salmon. Uh, and that was, that was a really interesting one to talk about because that one we had to really explore, like, how are these town court judges dealing with uh, like impending bail reform, right? And we've mm-hmm. talked about bail reform on the show. And so one of the discussion that came up is like when you look at the – you can look at like the, the county jail like census records and you can see who is being held, what judge did they go in front of, and what kind of bail did they set, right? So in that race, when we were making our decision, we started exploring like what – are these judges acting appropriately or are they using bail as a punishment instead of as just a, a way to get people back in the court, right? Because, mm-hmm. again, what bail is supposed to be used for is to make sure that they come back without, you know, the sheriff's department or the state police having to go chase them down and issue uh, – I, I forget what the, it is. But basically just to, to go and detain them to bring them to court, right, mm-hmm. which uses up more resources and is always a great thing. So – we we ended up making our endorsement decision on on one of the because one of the judges was using really high punitive bail to keep people in jail for like petty larceny so something small that was stolen from people um and you know i gregory paul salmon was was a guy who really told us how to like look into that stuff and how to figure and how to look at these records and how to make evaluations on that and we we did end up endorsing him in that race because of that um and then we ended up endorsing Steve Schultz for town supervisor. He's the incumbent. And he's yeah. a really interesting one because when we had endorsed him, like the the Republican running is is a good guy and he's a smart guy and I I, I liked him a lot. But I think we we ended up endorsing Steve in that situation because basically taxes are raised because the Republicans, including the guy who's running for town supervisor now voted to build a library and didn't come up with a good plan to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of putting the, the putting the town into a difficult financial situation. And Steve Schultz is like, all right, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to cut here. We're going to raise taxes here. And here's our plan to be fiscally solvent in a few years. <sighs> you grumpy about the raising taxes? Yeah. Well, the... My roads. D- Right. So, I mean, that's something needs to be paid for. And, and it, what's interesting is when we asked the Republican taxes, uh, the, the Republican candidate, well, didn't this put you guys in position to raise taxes? He said, yes, yes, I would have had to raise taxes anyway. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're like, okay, so this guy's just trying to dig your way out of the mess. And, and what's interesting is he had really interesting things to say about – Steve Schultz had really interesting things to say about, like, zoning reform and how do you repurpose areas like the mall, which are zoned for very specific uses right now but could be used for many other things because oh, yeah. as the stores are leaving, you need to figure out, like, what else are we going to do with this space, right? So Henrietta, it'll be interesting to see how they adapt to, like, the retail apocalypse, right? As, as a lot of these stores start to close mm-hmm. and as people's shopping habits change – how does a place like Henrietta that's built explicitly yeah. for that yeah. adapt to those situations and make sure that they can either keep retail space or adapt with other commercial office or residential uses in, mm-hmm. in that area? Well, um, it's like they took, they took in the old Macy's and U of R Medicine's grabbing it and yeah. going to turn it into some facility of some kind. Yeah, exactly. So 
so they're trying to figure out things to do with that. And he had Steve Schultz had interesting things like, all right, like we have these laws like that make it difficult for you to have a sidewalk cafe in Henrietta. He's like, why do we have this? Like we could make mm-hmm. it easier. So they, it was a really interesting discussion with that. Anything that removes the boundaries from opening business or keeping a business from running it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there was Paula Metzler in uh, Penfield for Penfield Town Justice. Bill Smith uh, for Pittsburgh Town Supervisor, who, when in his interview, he ended up talking about, like, uh, what, what was it? It was like a William F. Buckley. We had a discussion about him. So, but William F. Buckley, the founder of National View, kind of like one of the, the godfathers of modern conservatism and, and, like, his philosophy of the three pillars of conservatism, which is interesting. Uh, Anthony Daniele in Pittsford as well, and then Chris Eads, of course, in the Northeast District of Rochester. And that's that's everyone that had been endorsed. So it, it was a really interesting process, and, and in that process, we learned a lot about how... Did you have a question? Yeah, no, I was just going to say, uh, don't we have Dwayne Whitmer? Um, so Dwayne Whitmer is I not... Had him on the show, but... Yeah, Dwayne Whitmer is not here, and his endorsement is... is and as I've explained to him and as we put out publicly, like there there are other candidates who are vying for that position that mm-hmm. we want to open up the offer to, to meet with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that hasn't happened yet. So I, as far as I can tell, it's not serious. But we, mm-hmm. we really like Dwayne. We wanted to, to yeah, keep – I had him on the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he, he's great. And, and I know he gets frustrated when I answer him this way. But I'm like, all right, like if there's someone else who wants to run – We've reached out to them. We've told them that they have until a certain date to let us know that they're seeking an endorsement, mm-hmm. and uh, we can we can go from there. We can evaluate which what direction we want to go. Dwayne's mm-hmm. been running for a while now, um, and again, we did interview him. We liked him, uh, but we can't really endorse him until we've we've given a fair shake to everyone who wants to approach us. And then uh, we also have a uh, Chase to Koch. Well, she is not in our county. She, she is wonderful, a, yeah, but she is not in our county. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> she is in uh, Orleans County uh, and is running for a county ledge up there, So, which is no longer part of the Greater Rochester Libertarian Party, which used to be mm. an area that we covered. <laughs> yes. Now we're just a Monroe County one, so she is not in our district or in our in our county. We don't endorse her. She's she's her own thing, mm-hmm. and I believe was also on Andrew's Radio Free New York on Friday. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, they they did a pre-recorded episode. And they got oh, it out. right, right, right. Yeah. I did see the picture of them. Yeah, on Facebook. Yes. Yeah. So so yeah, like the, throughout this whole process, again, it was. Oh my gosh, we've almost run out the show on this, but it, it, was, <laughs> it was really interesting to. I've never done as much of a deep dive on, like, how do town courts work, right? How does the county court work, and why is the county county court judge so important? Mm-hmm. And that, that was, again, it was a very tough decision to get into because we're like, all right, how do we, how do we evaluate these people who, A, the funny thing about county court or, or any judge race is they can't talk about politics, right? So mm-hmm. we can't be like, how do you feel about the Second Amendment? They're going to be like, uh, I can't tell you because I might have to rule on a case, related to gun laws and I don't want to be biased I don't want to appear biased in uh, my decision because they have to make a decision based on the law and on you know which which the law includes like the rights of the constitution too right so it's not boy if that isn't a pass it pass you know like like they do in the congress pass the law to see what's in it 
if that isn't judges. one of those scenarios, well, I don't know what it is. No, I mean, yeah. that's that's what it is, and I, I, I agree with that. I think that judicial ethics probably should dictate that. Like, you can't go around being like, well, I'm going to go do this, because you, you, no. leg- no, you don't want them legislating from the bench, right? Right, right, yeah. No, no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying it's like if you say, you know, how do you feel about the Second Amendment? I mean, he, he you should be able to take the generic answer to that and be like, well, we have the Second Amendment, and we're following it. Yeah, I mean, you a know, lot of times like they'll, that, they'll give know? it. They'll give an answer like, "Well, I can't tell you specifically how I feel about like they can't say what they feel about the New York Safe Act, for instance, right? Like they're right, right. They, yeah. They'll be like, "Well, I have to make a decision that's within the law, and I'll, I'll leave it at that." Right. Well, yes, at least that's a reasonable answer. But to be like, "I can't talk about it or anything like that," yeah, I'm but, but biasing, you know, a future case that hasn't happened is that's like. You know, oh, I don't, Listen, I'm telling you, every single judge candidate that we interviewed gave that exact response, and I looked it up, and and I've, I have a friend who's a judge, and and I asked her oh, yeah. like ahead of time, like what if I asked him these like prying questions about like libertarian issues, how are they going to answer? She's like, they're going to just say like they can't tell you, mm. and 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 I and I've, I've asked a bunch of people about this stuff. They can't they can't tell you. They can tell you about what their past experience is. They can say, well, uh. In relation to that issue, here's a case where I ruled on something like that, and you can right. read my ruling. Right, that's a good so answer. So if they're if they're an incumbent, you can read that. You can see what their record is. You can see again how they've how they've done stuff in the past, um, and they can you can ask about like how they view the rights and responsibilities of judges, and and how judges can be someone who can um, again helped ensure that like victims receive justice and also that offenders have a path for recovery or that their rights are respected if they're accused of a crime um and and maybe like they're not getting a a good process in there right so like the if one of the da uh someone from da's office is is acting inappropriately the judge can be the person who says no you need to make sure you're doing this well mm-hmm. uh, otherwise this case is illegitimate or if the defend even if they the the uh, the lawyer for the defendant isn't acting properly they can also be like no you need to make sure that like you're doing these things because otherwise you're not giving them proper representation um, so they could do stuff like that and again I really and again I, I know we're promoting another show but like the connections interview with the four judge candidates because there's four of them there's mm-hmm. only two spots available it's worth listening to because they go into a conversation about the war on drugs and, and John DeMarco outright says, I, I think the war on drugs has been a failure. Our criminal justice system doesn't know how to address it properly. And that's why he sits on like the opioid court, mm-hmm. right? So he, he goes and, and he talks about like, here's how we defer people to get them into treatment, even if they've, you know, done some other things that might have been criminal. Here, here's how we can like make sure that like they stop that behavior in the future because in theory, jail should be a way to correct behavior and not merely a way to punish people exactly so he's like all right so here's here's one way to do that and they talk about that the gun courts and a few other things um it's all very interesting and and the judges do not agree i think john demarco and and michael dollinger see eye to eye on that issue uh there's another guy kyle steinbeck who's just like no people are lying to get into these opioid courts and they're just drug dealers and they're finding new clients and we need to shut this down i was like oof Wow. Okay. Um, and then uh, the the Democrat, the other Democrat, I think it's Karen Bailey Turner. I think that's her name. She she was also really interesting too. I I don't know much about her honestly, mm-hmm. but. Uh, well, speaking of not knowing much about people, 
Um, you just dropped like twenty different names. Is there any place we can go? See oh yeah, a if list you want, if you want to see those names, uh, the the big list of names that I read, uh, MonroeCountyLP.com. Oh okay. Is where you can see all those, and there's a, a tab up there for 2019 candidates, and of course, you know, I had mentioned the Green Party candidates, Dave Sutliff, Adias, and uh, Chris Seeds, and Alex White. Alex White yeah. You can find all them on the the Green Party website too, because you should explore the third party options here. We have we have a, several third party options in this race, and consider voting online if, even if they're cross endorsed, uh, just because it it shows that the Libertarian Party, you know, has I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave you with a little Benjamin Franklin. If you continue to do the same thing over and over again and expect different results, it's a sign that you might be crazy. Yep. All right. Uh, all right. We're out, guys. Uh, thanks again for listening to Outside the Echo Trip here on Rochester Free Radio, WRFZ 106.3 We'll have FM. our post-election show next week, yeah, and we'll then we're off. This episode of Outside the Echo Chamber is sponsored by Wilson Digital. Your candidate, political organization, or nonprofit look to expand your digital presence, Wilson Digital has the expertise you need to make an impact. Whether it's social media advertising, banner ads, YouTube, search engine marketing, SEO, or web design, Wilson Digital helps you get in front of the right audiences at the right time to advance your cause. Learn more at wilsondigitalroc.com slash echo.